Welcome to Talk Healthy to Me. I'm your host, Brindley Joyner, and on this podcast, we chat about living healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. From fitness to relationships to business, we really cover it all. Let's get into it. Happy Monday, friends, and welcome back to Talk Healthy to Me. Or I guess if you're listening to this on a day other than Monday, happy whatever day it is. I hope that you're having a great day so far, and I hope this episode is just going to make your day even better. Today, I want to talk about five things that are holding you back from your highest potential in life. This is a really important topic to me because I think that each human has incredible potential, and I think that potential looks totally different for each of us, and each person's potential is completely unique, but I think recognizing and realizing what your potential is and just striving to step into that potential every day is what helps you to live a life that is full of passion and purpose and feeling like you're just fully alive all the time. I think we've all probably heard the word potential, but If you want a solid definition of this, I love before I get started on an episode, just like looking up solid definitions of the topics that I'm talking about because it really puts it into perspective in a simple way. So the dictionary definition on Google of potential is having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. And I love that simple definition. And I think having potential just means having the power to become something, which I think is so powerful and so refreshing to know that right now, like you have potential. You, whoever you are, wherever you are listening to this, you have incredible potential. And so today's episode, we're going to talk about the things that are actually blocking that potential. And a lot of it has to do with ourselves. We are one of the number one blockers of our own potential, which is yes, sad, but also it's exciting because if we're the one that's standing in our own way most of the time, that means we can really do something about that because you can't always control other people or outside circumstances, but you can always do something to change you and change what you're doing. So today we're going to dive into mainly things that we're doing to block our own potential so that we can eliminate those things and we can start stepping into our potential. Oh, I am fired up. So I have five topics to get started on. Let's start with number one, and that is people-pleasing. So I also looked up the actual definition of people-pleasing, and it says, when a person feels a strong urge to please others, even at their own expense. This is one I'm constantly having to work on in my own life because I am a people-pleaser. I think that's deeply ingrained in me from childhood. I was deeply affected by getting in trouble, but also by being praised for good. So both of those really, really affected me. And I took them both very deeply to my heart as a little girl, like from the youngest age that I can possibly remember. In elementary school, this is a funny little sidetrack story, but to give you an example, we had a disciplinary disciplinary action called pulling strips. And so basically you had green, yellow, and red. And if you pulled the strip, you would go from green to yellow. And then if you pulled two strips, you'd go from yellow to red and so on. Basically you didn't want to get to red by the end of the day. You wanted to stay on green with no strips pulled. Um, And the whole three years that I was there, I only got one strip pulled, which is crazy. Like other kids were getting three a day. And I was so sensitive to getting in trouble that I just would not do anything wrong. I wouldn't open my mouth. It was dumb little stuff like talking when you're not supposed to or not knowing where you are when we were like reading and it was your turn to read and you didn't know where you are, then you would get a strip pulled. Um, if you like are mean to another little kid or just anything. 
And so I got one strip pulled because during nap time, we had a rule where you weren't allowed to use the restroom during nap time, which thinking back on that now, that seems a little bit crazy, but I guess it was because during nap time, everybody was bored and they were like, oh, I'm just going to go try to use the restroom and, you know, mess around or whatever. So as a little girl, I knew I wasn't allowed to use the restroom during nap time, but this one time I actually had to pee so bad. And I told my teacher that, and I said, I'm literally going to pee my pants. If I can't go to the restroom, can I please just go and not get my strip pulled? And she still pulled my strip and I went to the restroom and I cried so hard because that silly little strip was pulled one out of like hundreds and hundreds of opportunities to pull a strip. That was the reason I got it. But Basically, that affected me so much. I went home and I cried to my mom. My mom called the principal. And when I got there the next day, they had to like tell me that I could put my strip back and it wasn't on yellow for the rest of the week, that type of stuff. So anyways, with all that to be said, I'm very sensitive to getting in trouble and to just what others think of me and yeah, people pleasing all in general. So this is a habit that's deeply ingrained into me that I'm constantly having to break down and work on. But I think it's one that is so important. That's why it's the number one on here because people pleasing holds you back from so much of your potential because if you're constantly worried about and consumed by what you think other people think of you or if you're so focused on what can I do to make others happy all the time, then you can never truly focus on what actually makes you happy and the things that you deeply care about and the things that you want to do with your life because you're so hyper-focused on what everybody else is perceiving you and your life as. Now, I do want to say that I think it's super important to have empathy and care about other people and care about how your actions, your words, and everything affect them. So that's a different story and that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that you're walking into a room and in your mind, you're just consumed by what do these people think of me and what can I do to make everybody happy all the time. By living like that, you're constantly going to feel like the slave to other people's opinions. And point blank, some people just aren't going to like you for no reason. So if you come across a person like that in your life and you're just constantly trying to prove yourself to them and constantly trying to be like, by them when they've just decided in their own head that they don't like you and they're never going to. You are wasting your time and you're wasting your precious energy on someone that doesn't deserve it at all. So that's one area of people pleasing that really just will hold you back if you're spending all your time and energy on trying to get someone to like you that they just point blank don't like you and honestly, they don't have to. That's their own problem. And maybe they have something going on that's holding them back from accepting, you know, another human. But if you come across someone like that in your life, it's extremely hard, but you just have to accept that that's okay. That's their decision. And you can't really do anything about it except be kind and nice to them and go on your own way. Another interesting aspect of people pleasing, for me at least, is I know in the past I have formed this whole storyline of what I thought someone else thought of me or viewed me as or viewed my life as. And really, I had never even asked that person what they thought of me. I never actually knew their thoughts in their head. I was just judging by maybe the way they looked at me or the way they act when they were around me or they like talk to other people at social events, but they wouldn't come up and talk to me. And when I talked to them, it was just very short. And so I, in my own head, can form this whole storyline of, well, she didn't do that. So she doesn't like me. She probably thinks I'm annoying. She probably doesn't want to be my friend, blah, 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 and go on and on and on. And I know we've all done that about someone too, that you just form in your head, like this absolute idea of like, I know what's going on when really you've never had a conversation with that person fully asking them like, Hey, what, what is going on? Because this is how I feel. And unless you do that and have an actual face-to-face conversation with this person, 
You will never know what's really going on in their head. Maybe they're having a bad day, or maybe they have social anxiety, or maybe this and this and this and this, and it has actually nothing to do with you. But in your head, you're so sure and absolute, and you just think that it's something you're doing wrong. And that's definitely a part of people-pleasing that I struggle with to this day, is if someone acts a certain way towards me, I immediately think I'm the issue, I'm the problem, when maybe it has nothing to do with me and I just need to get out of my own head and just focus on the people that I do connect well with. Another huge part of people-pleasing is miscommunication, and I mean this in the way that you fail to communicate your real and true feelings because you're afraid that the other person might not take it well or they will be offended or it will hurt their feelings. And again, I have to preface and say this, like speak with grace, you know, say things with grace and do it in a way that is respectful. But at the same time, don't fail to communicate how you truly feel just because you don't want to feel like a burden to that person. Because a lot of times the real burden happens when you act or say things a certain way and hide your true feelings and then it piles up and piles up and piles up and then maybe an argument lashes out later down the road and then this other person was like, wait, I thought you were fine this whole time. I thought I was doing everything okay. And then you have to like hit that milestone way later in the future when there's a lot built up, when you could have just kind of brought up something from the start and communicated your feelings and done it respectfully and handled it back then. This is a huge thing with marriage that I've had to learn to step into my fullest potential with relationships is to learn how to communicate my feelings right away and to com communicate them well and respectfully and in a way that honors my husband, but also is truthful with him and tells him exactly how I'm feeling and how we can move forward in our relationship. So that can be with a relationship, that can be with a friendship, that can be with a coworker, whatever it is, being able to communicate well and not feeling like a burden when you want to be heard and want to be understood. The last little topic I have on people pleasing is dimming your light to make other people feel comfortable. So this can happen a lot of time in friendships, especially in girlfriendships that I've experienced myself and I've seen other friends experience. And that is, it, this could possibly look like if you're in a friend group and you are growing and changing and becoming, and it makes maybe other people in the friend group feel uncomfortable or maybe threatened or jealous. So you decide to just kind of like go back in your shell and not step out in the growth that you're experiencing in your own life just because you want to stay in this friend group and you want to stay making them feel comfortable and making them feel happy. If you are that friend that's doing the inner work and growing and changing and evolving and becoming, just know that your friends that aren't on that level with you, that aren't focused on becoming the best versions of themselves every single day, that is going to make them feel uncomfortable. So give them grace and, you know, ease into explaining to them how you feel and explaining to them how you're growing and everything. But know that if they are true friends and they genuinely want the best for you, they're going to support this growth for you. So if they're not, just distance yourself for a little bit. Do your thing because you don't want to be held back by people that just are refusing to grow themselves. A tangible way that I work on people pleasing every single day is when I am going into like a social event or going into hanging out with people or maybe it's family, whoever is kind of your weak spot for people pleasing. Whenever I am going into situations like that, I reiterate in my mind and I tell myself, I'm going 
to have a good time. I'm going to be present. I'm going to make friendships. I'm going to do whatever these positive things are. I'm not going to make everybody in the room happy and love me and think everything that I do is awesome. That's not my purpose in going at all. Um, And it sounds maybe silly, but I just have to remind myself that. And I have to go in and think, what do I want out of this truly? I want to have fun. I want to be a loving person. I want to connect and grow and be present. And that's what I'm going for. Nothing else. And then when I'm at that event or at whatever I'm going to, if thoughts start coming in my mind of what does this person think of me? How am I acting? How do I look? I just stop those thoughts in their track, take them captive, and I remind myself of the real reason I'm there. And something that also really helps is to shift my perspective outward kind of and not so much on myself inwardly of what am I doing? How am I looking? Blah, 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 whatever. And I try to say like, okay, who can I go make friends with? Who seems like maybe they're shy and I can go hang out with and introduce myself and just make a new friend? If I can center my focus just outward on like blessing somebody else or just like having fun with someone else or something like that. It takes all of the inward thoughts away for a minute and allows me to just live in the present moment. Okay, number two on the list of things that hold you back from your highest potential is the fear of failure or fear of making mistakes. I think this is also deeply ingrained in a lot of us from childhood. And I think that's because, you know, when you make a mistake when you're little, maybe you knock over a jar of juice or you spill your food on the carpet or you take away a toy from your friend or something and you get punished and you get scolded, um, that's ingrained in you of like, I am afraid to make a mistake again or to do something wrong again because I know I'm going to get in trouble. Or maybe it comes from embarrassment. Maybe you did something that embarrassed you as a child and you remember, I never want to feel embarrassed again. Therefore, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I can be embarrassed. I'm just going to sit back, not try anything new not try something that I might not be good at and just do my own thing. I know my experience is a little bit of both of those, but I do know that mistakes, any past mistake I've made in my past, maybe in the moment they felt like the end of the world, maybe in the moment they felt terrible and embarrassing and whatever, But now I can look back and say, I learned from that so much. I am a new, improved human because of that specific mistake right there. And I feel like everybody can kind of relate to that. Think of a mistake maybe you've made in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, in college, whatever stage of life you're in now. Think back to all the little mistakes that seemed so heavy at the time, but in reality, They are a little bit silly looking back on now. And if anything, you just are grateful for them because you learned something. So I feel like we all need to recognize that and we need to decide that failure and mistakes along the way are not inherently some bad thing. They're just things that we can use as a tool to turn them into a positive aspect for our growth. In middle school, I tried out for the volleyball team and I had never played a game of volleyball in my life, but all of my friends were trying out and I just randomly was like, you know what? I'm going to try out too. Didn't know how to spike it. Didn't know how to do anything, but I was so convinced and my friends had fully convinced me that I was going to make it and we were going to be on the volleyball team together. Tryouts come. I could barely like hit the ball or do anything with the ball. I don't even know the terminology, but of course I didn't make it. All my friends made it and it felt like the biggest failure in my life. I remember we were in a movie theater on a Friday night or something and the email got sent of all the people who had made the team and all my friends were like, oh my gosh, we made it. And I kept reading and reading and reading and I wasn't on there. I didn't make the volleyball team. And at the time, that felt like the end of the world. That felt like a failure that was going to affect me for the rest of my life. It felt like literally the worst thing that could happen to me in my little middle school self. And now looking back on it, it's genuinely laughable. Like I didn't know a thing about volleyball and I was just so convinced that I could just 
like freaking hit the ball with my palm and make this team. So how many times do you think we're going to look back at silly mistakes or failures similar to that and laugh about them years later in the future? Gosh, I wish I could just go back to little middle school Brinley and tell her how silly it was and that it was totally fine and it wasn't going to depict the rest of my life. My friends were still going to be my friends. I was going to get into cheer and dance and love that so much more. And I wish I could just tell her all these things because in the moment she cried herself to sleep for like three nights and was embarrassed, didn't want to go to school, all of that stuff. And yeah, I just think we can look back at silly mistakes and failures like that and think, oh my gosh, I wish I would have had the mindset that I have now. But if I would have let that failure hold me back from trying out for more stuff in the future or hold me back from just trying new things in the future in general, I would never be able to step into any of my potential because to step into your highest potential, you have to constantly be elevating and trying new things and stepping out of your comfort zone. And with that comes mistakes, with that comes failures. So we have to be able to accept that, know that they're coming, expect them, be ready for them, and know how to use them as tools instead of just viewing them as this disappointing thing. So yeah, to step into your highest potential, don't be afraid of failures and mistakes, and please don't quit the first time you fail. Use it as a tool. Get yourself back up and try again because your second time trying, you're only going to be smarter, stronger, older, wiser. Your third time trying, your fourth time, your 50th time trying, no matter how many times it takes you to get something right, you're going to get wiser and wiser each time. So keep giving it your all until you get that thing that you want. All right, moving on to number three, and that is being close-minded. This is a huge one because a closed mind allows for no growth. It means you are not teachable. You are not curious. You're not asking questions. You're not desiring change and growth. And those are the two things that are catalysts for stepping into your potential. So if you're mind is closed off to learning new things and asking questions and letting people teach you things, then you're never going to be able to grow. I can't tell you the amount of conversations that I've listened in on or had with people that they've said things like, well, I was raised this way, so this is just how I am. Or this is how I was taught by my parents, so my mind just works like that. Or another big one, this happened to me, so that's why I am the way I am. And with saying that one, I don't want to be insensitive to the fact that big, challenging, hard, sad, tragic things do happen to people that leave us depressed or leave us changed in a negative way or leave us feeling like hopeless. I think that is totally valid. And if you're listening and that does apply to you, I just want to say I'm so sorry. And I'm not saying that you are not valid in those feelings because I have been there myself in some instances too. And I know everybody has probably gone through something that they feel like has left them to live a certain way or to feel hopeless sometimes or to feel depressed. And I think that's very, very valid. And I think it takes a while to work through that. But what I'm saying with this point is that I don't want you to stay in that place because even though hard, challenging, tragic, sad things can and do happen to us as humans, we are resilient. And as a human being, we're able to for lack of better terms, bounce back to a life that's truly passion and purpose-filled and resilient. There's one couple that I want to bring up on this point because their story is 
so incredible and inspirational and you should definitely go check them out. They have a book called Hope Heals and it's Catherine and Jay Wolf. And basically they were a married couple. He was a lawyer, I believe, and she was a model living in LA and they had a son and she had a stroke like a few months after he was born. So coming from a modeling background and just this gorgeous, gorgeous woman, she had a stroke and her whole face drooped on one side and she lost her ability to walk right. She lost her ability to speak this way that she used to speak and everything about her life changed so instantly. And I just can't even imagine how scary, traumatizing, sad, hopeless she felt from that, especially after just giving birth to a son and having to also take care of him and be the mom and, you know, yeah, care for your child while you're also experiencing this life change in yourself of something that you were never taught how to deal with that or how to come back from that. And you're just having to figure it out as you go. And now she is a speaker on stage and she gets up there with her wheelchair and with her speech that is different than what she's used to. And she shares her story so boldly and she's able to reach so many people who one, have been through similar things like that, that are super traumatizing, but two, who just feel like they are an outcast or feel like they're different than everybody else. And they don't have power to live out their lives because they're so different than society. And yeah, she's making an incredible impact now. And the catalyst of that impact came from something that probably seemed like the most terrible thing that could possibly happen to her life, she's choosing to make good out of it. And even though the stroke is not a beautiful or good thing to have, she's turning it into something beautiful. And that's all I'm talking about with this is no matter what background you came from, no matter what may have happened to you, no matter what you've been through, it doesn't mean that those things aren't bad or sad or terrible. And it doesn't mean that you're not valid and feeling hopeless in those times. It just means that you can make something beautiful out of anything and you can turn your life around with your mindset. Another aspect of being closed-minded is just refusing to be teachable or to view other people as teachers in your life. I like to try to view every single person that I run into or any experience as a teachable lesson, something that I can learn from from them. And I also think that I have lessons to offer to other people when I run into them. I think it's just this exchange of energy of anytime I meet someone or anytime I interact with somebody, I have something to learn from them and hopefully they can learn something from me as well. And I think that is how you really grow as a human because if you walk into a room and think that you're the smartest, you're the wisest, you don't have anything to learn, you're not going to learn because you're actively choosing not to. So if you want to keep growing and stepping into your greatest potential and keep evolving as a human and becoming all that you're meant to be, you have to keep asking questions. You have to keep going to people and thinking, what can I learn from you? What lessons can I learn from the way you live, from the way you speak, from what you do? All of it. I think another beautiful teacher is going to different countries. I think when you can get on the other side of the globe, things are so different. No matter where you live, just going somewhere completely different. I've learned so much from living in different countries, from even going to different countries for like a week, from cultures, from the way people do life overseas, from um, how you handle money, how you act in conversations, how you cook food. Like there's so many things to learn. And when you can expand your worldview by traveling and putting yourself out there in different cultures, I mean, the world is your oyster and you just have so much to take in from all these different places and cultures and experiences. So yeah, a great way to not be closed-minded is to put yourself in situations that are 
so different than anything you grew up around or that you're used to. And to just sit there and allow yourself to be like a child, ask questions and allow yourself to be taught. Really take it in, stay curious and just actively be thinking, how can I grow and how can I learn from this? All right, number four on things holding you back from your highest potential is having a negative mindset and outlook on life or surrounding yourself with people that have that negative mindset or outlook. This one's huge because your mindset determines your day-to-day. It determines your future. It determines your whole reality of life. If you wake up and you think a grateful thought and you decide that you're going to live with a positive attitude, looking for the good and everything, then that's how you're going to live. You're going to live as a happy human. You're going to see the good. You're going to attract the good. You're going to surround yourself by people who are like-minded. And then the opposite is also true. If you wake up and you think, ugh, I woke up late, now this is going to suck, and then I'm going to be late to this, and this is going to suck, and -and so-and-so is going to be mad at me. Or if you just wake up and you choose to focus on the things you're annoyed by or you're mad about, that's how your day is going to go. That's the way that your life is going to go. That's the way your future is going to end up. Because you really have all the power in your thoughts, especially the thoughts right when you wake up. So if you know that the thoughts that you think and the things that you say to yourself are going to determine your life, your reality, why not choose the good and the positive and the life-giving thoughts and the life-giving outlook and the life-giving positivity on life? I love this one because it is such a simple fix. It's not an easy fix all the time, especially if you have a habit formed of negative thinking. It's not easy to break habits, but it is simple because all it really is is taking captive those negative thoughts and that pessimistic lifestyle and switching it to the 180 complete opposite of optimistic thoughts, optimistic lifestyle. A tangible way to do this is before you even get out of bed. I love doing this. It sets up my morning so much. Before you even step out of your bed, Just try listing off three things that you're grateful for right there in that moment. Close your eyes and just lay there and think, what am I grateful for right now? The first three things that come to mind. And then check in with yourself throughout the day and do it again. Maybe at lunchtime, think, what am I grateful for right now? Okay, this meal is delicious and I'm grateful for that. I had a call with my friend and I love her, so I'm grateful for that. And the sun is shining and I get a lunch break for 15 minutes to go outside and I am so grateful for fresh air. When you're practicing gratitude like that, It is nearly impossible for negative thoughts and a negative mindset to come in and override that. And I'm not saying stuff happens. Of course, stuff happens throughout the day. Chaos happens throughout the day a lot in my life. And I can definitely see how my mindset can be swayed back and forth a little bit. But if you have checkpoints throughout your day of, okay, I want to be a grateful person. So I'm going to have a checkpoint in the morning, in the middle of the day, and in the evening where I check back in align with myself, ground myself, and remind myself what I'm grateful for, that helps so much. And even though maybe negative thoughts will come and things will come up, at least you are centered you know, on the majority of the day of having those grateful thoughts. Another way to have a more positive outlook on life and to be an overall more positive person is really science-based. And it is getting in daily movement, getting in hydration, getting out in nature, preferably sunlight. Those are all free, natural things that studies have been done to show that those really do affect your mood and your mindset throughout the day. They release chemicals in your brain, dopamine, serotonin, all the things that truly make you happy and make you feel good. If I ever find myself spiraling in a negative mindset or in anxious thoughts or feeling overwhelmed and stressed, 
all it takes for me to bring myself down a notch from that is go and take a 30-minute walk outside in the sunshine. I swear it always works. And it doesn't solve all your problems. It's not some magic potion, but it does make things a lot better because it grounds me. It releases those feel-good chemicals in my brain. And it reminds me that the thing that's stressing me out or making me sad or anxious in the grand scheme of things isn't that big of a deal. And yes, it's something I have to get back and finalize or work on or finish or whatever. But in the big grand scheme of life, I'm going to be okay and it's not that big of a deal. I feel like that's what an outdoor walk really does for me is it centers me and grounds me and reminds me of just like the full reality of my life instead of just hyper-focusing on the thing that I'm not loving at the moment. Another huge part to this point is the people you surround yourself with. There's some quote out there, I think most of us have probably heard it, but it's about, I don't remember the exact wording, it's about the top three people or the top five people that you surround yourself with are the people that you become most like. So if knowing that, whether it's three people or five people, whatever, the people that you surround yourself with, you're going to become most like them. So take inventory of those people and say, what are their characteristics? What is their mindset like? What do they do on a day-to-day basis? Do I want to truly reflect what those people live like or not. And first step is to take inventory of that and um, realize that and really sit with yourself and be like, are the people I'm surrounding myself by, are these the people I want to become? Are these the people I want to look like, be like, act like, talk like? And if they're not, it sucks and it's hard, but I really encourage you to seek out friends that you do want to surround yourself with. And it doesn't mean that you just have to cut people off. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can have friends that are kind of distant friends that you see every once in a while. And then you can have friends that you are with doing community with on a day-to-day basis. And those are the ones that you really want to take inventory of and say like, am I okay if I become like this person? If you're constantly surrounded by people that are putting themselves down putting other people down, gossiping about people, complaining, just living in a negative, low energy vibe, that's going to really affect you. That's going to make you live like that. That's going to make that be your normal. And the opposite is also true. If you're around people that are constantly uplifting you, um, not talking bad about themselves, um, talking highly of other people, going out and doing things that are good for them, maybe getting a group workout in, maybe everybody's going to the beach at sunset and hanging out and just spending time together. If your friends are doing those good and positive things, that's going to be how you live, obviously, and that's going to be the mindset that you carry as well. So choose your people wisely. And I know me personally, I've walked through seasons where I did take inventory of like people I was hanging out with and I was like, you know what? I think for my mental health and for who I want to become, it's actually better for me to be lonely for a season than to be hanging out with these people nonstop. And that's a hard decision to make because nobody wants to feel lonely. Nobody wants to not have a community. You want to be having friends. So sometimes you just settle for, you know, whoever's actually around you. Maybe you meet like coworkers or whatever, and they're not actually the people that you want to become like but they're just the people that are there. So you spend all your time with them. And then slowly over time, you start to see yourself losing the true essence of you and becoming like those people. And it sucks and it's sad. But if that is you, or if maybe that was you in the past, just know that you can totally get out of that. You just have to find your new crowd and a tangible way to find people that are positive and uplifting. I know for me was going to workout classes, just booking on ClassPass or finding local gyms and stuff. I think a lot of the people that I've met at workout classes and in that industry, they're going to that class because they want to become a better version of themselves and they want 
the best out of their life and they want to, yeah, be healthy and be living positively. And those are people that I want to surround myself with. So finding people there, also using Instagram as a tool or TikTok, whatever, to find people in your city that are maybe doing some of the things that interest you. If you like cooking or if you like, I don't know, horseback riding or literally any hobby you can think of. If you can like go to the location thing on Instagram or TikTok and find people like that, you can start connecting with people online too. And of course, there's a safety aspect to that. I think that goes without saying, but I've definitely met so many of my friends online too. And now they're some of the best friends I have in my life. And then another thing I want to say is if you're in a friend group and you're like, well, I think everybody kind of wants to become better versions of themselves and they're kind of on board, but like nobody's taking the initiative. You can be that person that says, hey guys, instead of doing this, actually we should go on a walk today instead and then go get juices after. Like you can be the person that initiates that change. And maybe there's gonna be some people that are like, nah, I'd rather not do that. And oh well, they can do their own thing. But sometimes all it takes is for a friend in the group to stand up and say, hey, you know what? what why don't we try this? Like, let's just try it. Maybe this will make us feel good. Maybe this will be fun to do once a week. That that type of thing. So I encourage you and challenge you if that's you and a friend group that feels maybe like a little bit complacent or maybe you guys are always bored or something like step up and be the one that's like, hey guys, let's get a workout in. Hey guys, let's make a healthy meal tonight at my house. You can be the one that initiates that change. And that goes for relationships too. If you're in a relationship and you feel that way, like I think my partner would be down, but neither of us really initiate going to the gym and neither of us really ever do the things that we kind of talk about doing, you can be the one that books that class and is like, hey, we're going to spin tomorrow morning. Let's go and keep up with it. All right, moving on to the last point, number five. This is um, waiting for the perfect opportunity to take action. And that's because I don't think the perfect opportunity even exists. I think it's some made up thing that we put in our heads. It's like we hang on to this hope that one day we're going to feel 100% ready and 100% perfect and ready to do the thing. But in reality, you're never going to feel 100% ready because as humans, we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. And the timing is never going to be perfect. Time is just time. And you can start doing something before you feel 100% ready and you can learn and grow and make mistakes and use them as tools and become as time goes on. But if you really want to start something or start living a certain way and you just keep saying, well, I don't think it's the right timing yet. Well, I don't think it's perfect timing or I'm not X, Y, and Z yet, but when I am, then I'll start. Then you might never start. And like we were talking about earlier with making mistakes and having little failures and getting back up and trying again, those things are going to come with anything that you do new. So if you start now when you feel like you're maybe 80% ready, but not 100% ready yet, Okay, great. You're starting now and maybe you are going to make a couple mistakes along the way, but you might as well start now and make those mistakes. And then a year from now, have three mistakes under your belt so you can keep growing now instead of waiting a a year from now and then having to start and making all those mistakes a year from now. And then you're like a year pushed back in time. Does that make sense? Like no matter when you start, there's going to be things that you go through that you mess up and you have to try again or you have to change directions, but you might as well start so that you can get those things under your belt, get them out of the way. And a year from now, you're going to be a year ahead of where you are right this second. I think some of the most successful people in life are the people that just showed up as they are, worked hard, did not let mistakes stop them, and just keep pushing through in resilience, those people are the ones that are the most successful CEOs and the people that are the most creative and you know awesome owners of companies and everything in the world. It's not the people that 
have waited and waited and waited because they just want to be perfect before they start. Because a lot of those people honestly don't ever start because they never feel like they're 100% ready or they never feel like they're 100% perfect. So if you're listening to this, oh, you can tell I'm like getting fired up about this because I'm so passionate. If you're listening to this and that's you and you're like, well, I want to start this company or I want to start an Instagram or I want to go on a date with this person, but I don't feel like I'm 100% perfect and ready yet. I just want to challenge you and encourage you to drop that mindset and just say, okay, what would happen if I just show up imperfectly right now and just go with it? Because you never know what's going to come out of that. And being afraid of failures and mistakes is just going to keep pushing you back and back and back in time when you can just start now, accept that mistakes may happen and be prepared for when they do to just bounce right back and keep pushing forward. Because that's what we all got to do to get somewhere in life. I think a lot of people struggle with this. I mean, myself included is in this in this area of waiting for the perfect time is obsessing over numbers. I think as humans, we're very fixated on numbers because they're kind of like a tangible, controllable thing to look at. So we love to cling to numbers. So for some people, maybe it's your weight. Maybe it's, well, right now I'm X, but once I get to Y, then I'll be ready to go on this vacation or I'll be ready to get married or I'll be ready to do this. When your weight has nothing to do with the joy and the presence and the experience that you're going to step into, but you're just fixating on a number because I don't know, you think that that number is going to bring you happiness, happiness once you arrive at it, which a lot of times it really doesn't. It doesn't fulfill you in the way you think you're going to. Or for some people, it might be a financial number. It might be, okay, well, once I have X in my bank account, then I will feel secure enough to go on this vacation. Or once I'm making this much, then then I'm going to ask her to be my girlfriend so I can get her gifts and stuff. When you're missing out on vacations and relationships and everything just because you're so fixated on a, on a number that once you get to that, that number, then there's just going to be another number in the future that you're like, well, now I feel like I have to get to this number. Does it make sense? Like numbers are infinite. And if you are so fixated on a number before starting something, then it's easy to slip down that slippery slope of, well, there's always going to be a higher number. There's always going to be a number I can get down to or something like that. Another number that's easy to fixate on is age. It's so easy to say, okay, well, once I turn 20, then I'm going to do that. Once I turn 25, then I'm going to start that business. It's like, why Why do we fixate on numbers? I really don't know the reason, but I guess it's because it's easy to just see a number and say, okay, that's going to be the number that feels right. But then once you get there, is it going to feel right then? Most of the time not. So if you're fixating on a number right now too, I just challenge you to, I don't want to tell you what to do. That's not what I'm trying to do, but I'm just trying to get you to think like, why are you fixating on that number? Is that number truly going to make you feel 100% ready once you get to that number? Or is it just kind of an excuse that's, stopping you from stepping into your fullest potential right now. Okay, those are the five things that I think hold you back the most from your highest potential. So I really hope, I don't know, maybe one stuck out to you or something stuck out to you that you can take and just sit with for a little bit and think about and see if you can apply it into your own life and change something to start stepping into your fullest potential because that's what I want this podcast to be, a place that gets you to sit with yourself and just think and reflect and do inner work that's going to ultimately make you a healthier, happier, more alive human. That's what this is. So your challenge this week is to pick one of those. You can pick more if you're able to, but just to pick one and 
sit with it for a second and think, okay, this one resonated with me. I can see that I am allowing this to stand in my own way of reaching my own potential. How can I take steps today to stop doing this? So I'll name them all again. The first one is people pleasing. Number two is fear of failure. Number three is being closed-minded. Number four is having a having a negative mindset and outlook on life or surrounding yourself with people like that. And number five is waiting for the perfect opportunity to take action. So I want you to write one of those down or all of them and just sit and think, okay, how can I change? How can I not do this right now today and make an intentional effort each day going forward to make sure I'm not doing this so that I can step into my highest potential as a human being on this earth. So that's all I have for you today, but thank you guys so much for coming back to another episode. Make sure if you like this one, let me know in the reviews so I can keep formatting them similar, or if you have something else that you want me to talk on or something else you have in mind, leave a little note in there too and let me know what you wanna hear more of in the future. I love reading those and seeing your guys' comments and also seeing what you want in the future so that I can plan out my future episodes and content to really give you guys what you wanna hear. And as always, I wanna leave you guys with a discount code for my brand Kaizos. Right now we have one product and it is healthy hot cocoa mix, but you can bake with it. You can mix it into smoothie bowls. You can of course make hot cocoa. You can make iced chocolate milk with it, which is my personal favorite right now because of the summertime. And it is cocoa mix packed with a bunch of supplements like collagen, magnesium, maca, ashwagandha, chamomile, digestive enzymes, so many things to benefit gut health, sleep, digestion, muscle recovery, and immunity. So that code is just for my podcast fam, and that is healthy25. I'll put the link and that code in the show notes if you missed it or if you want to go check out the website. All right, I will see you next week on Monday. Make sure you guys have these episodes downloaded so you get notified whenever another episode is live. And until then, I hope you have a beautiful, awesome week, and we'll talk soon. Much love.